What's up, guys? It is Benny with 99.7 The Mix, your favorite midday host. And guys, I have something super, super exciting today. So I am catching up with an artist that I heard of when I lived, well, when I lived, I I go back and forth between Nashville and Springfield, but when I was in Nashville full time, I went to a writer's round in Nashville. And if you guys don't know what a writer's round is, it's basically a bunch of artists sit on stools. This is my favorite part about Nashville. They sit on stools with their guitars or they have a guy on guitar next to them and they sing original songs. It's not the same Broadway cover bands that you hear every single time. And so I was there listening to one of my girlfriends and... Lou, literally, this artist I'm about to introduce you guys to, she captivated me. I can't even tell you. I, I'm i just going to be completely honest. You know, her and I don't have necessarily everything in common when it comes to political views and stuff like that. But when I heard her on stage start talking about things that were important to her and like political, real life stuff, I was just, I was blown away. Like, I literally had no words. My dad was sitting there with me, and my mouth was just on the ground. I was like, the bravery and strength that it takes to get up on stage and talk about things that you know are controversial. Um, And so... Was very captivated by her, and she really started, she actually started talking about kind of the failing system for women in America, and even though, like I said, some of our views are very different, I was just mesmerized, and for an artist to get on stage and talk about that in a world like today is just unheard of. You know, they sell out to the big industry and to the big um, labels, and she, I just knew right away she was not going to be that artist. And so I just knew from that moment that she's going to make change in this world, regardless if it was for music or for activism. Um, So, yeah, Lou is originally from, I believe, South Lake, Texas. Lou, is that right? It's right enough. I don't claim that city, but I spent my <laughs> high school years there. Yeah, I just say Dallas because when I say South Lake, people are like, ugh, and rightfully so. Yeah, so she is from Texas, and she calls What's herself there, a right? Texas pop star. Yes, you heard that right. And she's a super <laughs> strong advocate for freedom of choice and just success for women in a man's world. Um, and I think she actually started singing or discovered she started she could sing in college. So, Lou, welcome. Thank you so much for hopping on with me today. Just tell everyone a little bit about yourself. I mean, I'm raving about you, but I want to know, like, what? who are you outside of Nashville and what made you want to pursue music and where did your love for all of this come from? Sure. So um, I actually, after college, found out I could sing and then I moved to Los Angeles for a number of years and during the pandemic I had put out a song and my now attorney found me on Twitter and he was like you need to be in Nashville and I was like okay (laughs) sure I'll come to Nashville so when I came when I came back to the south being in LA and thinking what I think you're kind of around a lot of like-minded individuals and so coming back to the south I was like oh, we're still having these archaic conversations about equality and healthcare, and like 20 years later, you know what I mean? So I wasn't in LA. I worked a lot with the unhoused population and I did, I did advocacy. I always have been that kind of person, but it wasn't until I moved somewhere where I realized that people weren't having the conversation as much that I was like, 
Oh, well, I have, you know, a big set of balls. I'll do it. <laughs> yes, you do. Girl, yes, you do. That is, <laughs> that's, oh, you were in L.A. I didn't realize that. That would be a perfect, mm-hmm. I, I feel like you would honestly fit perfect. And that's, I was talking to my boss um, before I hopped on with you, and he was like, so is she, because he has all his views are the exact same as yours. And he's like, but she's in Nashville? And I was like, Nashville, the city is, a, it's not, it's not what you think Tennessee would be like. Um, but wow, very cool. Very, very cool. And so where, where did that, yeah. what made you want to really pursue the music route, you know, instead of going into politics or activism or something like that? Well, I just, I've never had vocal lessons. I've never, I can't read music. I didn't grow up doing music. So I think whatever I have has been given to me by God and the universe. So I feel like it's a, it's a waste not to exercise it. Um, and that's basically what I don't know. I like, I write songs all the time. I'm always going to be an artist regardless because that's what my gift is. But to me, I think my gift is better suited as, you know, a, a, a vehicle into spaces where the conversation can be had about the world in general. You know what I'm saying? Oh, amen. No, I love that. I think you explained that perfect because we are all vessels, you know, and our voices matter. And no Mm -hmm. matter whatever, we Mm -hmm. were all given the right to have a voice. And so honestly, I always say, I don't care what you're saying as long as you're saying something, you know? Correct. Correct. Um, And there's a lot of, unfortunately, complacency. So I just, not to be part of that. Yeah, no, I think we, this world on it, truly needs more people like that. So I really, truly give you creds for that. Um, and so, like I said, you kind of describe yourself as a Texas pop star. You're like that mixture between country and pop, but you're like, it's, I, it's so hard to explain you because I'm like, she's doing something that nobody else is doing. Like she is, I would call you a country artist, but it's like jaw dropping country. It's like, a whole new genre of country and it it just it just blows me away Lou like I I truly just don't have the words for it but um I guess like how would you from your soul how would you describe your music to people that are kind of interested um shoot well thank you for the kind words by the way I really appreciate it I feel very seen uh which is nice because I don't always feel that way in Nashville but um, my publicist and best friend calls it anti-country country. People call me the alternative <laughs> a lot. So somewhere in the, somewhere in, in that crux. But then I guess, you know, the other thing too is I have an appreciation and adoration for all things related to hip hop and R&B. And I just have an appreciation for a lot of kinds of music. And I have friends in a lot of musical spaces that I think a lot of people in Nashville don't get access or don't call on. So I think the difference is I'm letting my friends who produce for, you know, Kid Cudi and Gunda Garcon, I'm letting them interpret my country twang. And that's how it comes out so different is we're all in a room from opposite ends of experience, sort of like marrying something together. Yeah, well, honestly, I think I think it comes down to a lot of people in country don't have the open mind to allow mm-hmm. other ideas that are different from Morgan Wallen and freaking, you know, the same. Mm-hmm. You have every person in Nashville trying to replicate this one person. 
You know, for women, it's mm-hmm. Carrie Underwood. For men, it's Morgan. You know, it's like, it's like step outside of the correct. box. I'm like, you're not going to get noticed because guess what? You think inside the box. The people that get noticed are the ones that are doing the things that nobody else is doing. And so mm-hmm. I think that's another yeah. reason. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think it's another reason why I was so like, holy crap, like this girl, because I was like, I had never, I grew up in a very, um, you know, typical country, rural environment. And it was the same stuff. You know, I go to parties now and it's Zach Bryan. I'm like, okay, can we, can we switch it up a bit? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let me put some Lou Ridley on. Um, but I kind of want to go back to that that first night when I when I saw you. Um, you every song that you sang that night was all very meaningful and very deep. It was a different way of thinking that people in our society they just I don't know if they just don't dig deep enough or they're just a little too shallow. Um, and so <laughs> it was just very captivating because I'm a very deep thinker and I'm a very you know I want to hear people's stories from every walk of life. Like I I really keep my box wide open um and okay so the trying to how do I want to word this like your all your music because we haven't we haven't teased any yet we are guys we're gonna I'm gonna play you one but (laughs) you they're all so I don't even know the word maybe you know sentimental or besides for deep you know like you are digging into like the darkest places of your soul, like the places that nobody goes and like the vulnerability that that takes. And how are these stories that you tell in your music? Because I was talking to somebody else and he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I just kind of like write from imagination. And I was like, okay. So do these (laughs) stories, (laughs) he's a typical country guy, you know, the typical person you see on the street in Nashville, but where do these, where do these stories come from? You know, like, do you write from a place of experience when you write? So, yes, again, thank you. That was very sweet. Yes, I do. Um, I, these are all things that I felt. And I think the reason that I don't claim where I spent my you know, formative years is because I was in a bubble of ignorance and bigotry that still very much exists in that town. So I think I've been both ignorant and now my eyes have been opened. So I think it's easier for me to write from the perspective that I do. Number one, because I'm a woman and we're inherently more emotionally intelligent. And number two, because I've been on both sides of, of what people are thinking. Yeah. So it helps me, it helps me at least attempt to get my message across, but not do it in a way that alienates everybody that I'm trying to speak to, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Yes. All of them are direct experiences. Oh, that's, uh, that even makes me love it more because when you hear a song, you automatically think the person singing it is who it's about, you know, but in today's industry and music, Mm -hmm. every freaking song you hear is written by somebody else and they're played by a talking head. And I'm like... What happened, like, not every singer is an artist. There is a clear difference, and I think people don't realize that. And I, one of the things I, doing radio and stuff now, I want to show the differences in the industry. Um, and so, mm-hmm. let, you know, you mentioned you grew up in Texas and stuff, so you grew up in a very, probably a town quite similar to mine, where, you know, your graduating class is pretty small, and, 
you know, county lines and stuff like that. And so I think what you bring, how you bring that open-mindedness, but it's not, you're not saying it out of a place of opinion. You're saying it out of a place of, I've been there. I've done it. I've listened to the crap. You know, you you come from, it comes from a much deeper place. And so like we're, after coming from a place like you came from in Texas, were you ever afraid to be outspoken and like speak on those issues that you're, you feel so strongly for with, like, did you ever feel like it would harm your music career? Or did you just say, I don't care, I'm going to be me? Well, to be honest with you, girl, I still get told all the time that it's harming my music career. Oh, I'm sure and you I do. Don't, I don't care. I don't like that. I don't know. I sound so like, well, whatever. I care so much about what I'm doing and the people that connect with me. And, like, I care so much about my craft. But I don't care if the industry would like it better if I shut up and push my tits together and sang. I don't know if I can say that word. I'm sorry. Yeah, but, no, you're fine. Like, I don't, I don't, I think that there are plenty of women who are where they want to be. I don't, that is for them that, you know, the, the mini Carrie Underwoods and whatever, if that's who they are and that's their identity and that makes them happy, then so be it. But I just, you know, I got picked on a lot in school I've never been, you know, I've always been a target. And I think when I was younger, I was outspoken, but I didn't know how to articulate myself. I didn't know what I was <laughs> upset too. about. I was just talking out of my bottom. <laughs> and now that I'm a, I, now that I'm a woman, I'm like, yeah, you're going to hear what I have to say. Cause the reality is now people don't like you anyway. Like I have friends, I have a friend right now who's a, a successful influencer and he's dealing with backlash. And the guy doesn't do any, like, he he's the most non-confrontational human being alive, but the way we are as a society, we're so angry that we can't wait to rip somebody down as soon as they see a modicum of success. So with that knowledge, I'm like, well, I don't, what's the point in being non-confrontational and playing a role that isn't authentic to me when it's, y'all are just going to find something to try and get, you know what I mean? It's all pointless. So if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down in flames. I'm not going to go down not having been myself. Yeah, and I think it gives you, it also gives you something to really like, you know, I won't just say sing, but those actions, like that, um, those like you saying like, I'm gonna, if I'm gonna go down, I'm gonna go down fighting. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not just gonna allow these people to tell me who to be and to fit me into a mold that is the exact same as everybody else, but you can feel that in your music. That's the other thing. Like, those words that people say to you and the, the the hatred that people feel towards you and stuff like that all comes and makes your music so great. You know that because there's so such a lack in that, that it's all so surface level. So, I mean, I'm sure after, you know, being in Nashville for almost two years now, like I know I have multiple friends that even have, you know, been uninvited to things because of their views or you you can't mm-hmm. you can't post that um or you can, like you can't come on this red carpet and it's like are you serious mm-hmm. right now like do you understand we're in 2023 and like people aren't putting up with it anymore like there you know what like people at least the people I hang around we're like it's no like we're done like you want us or you don't yeah plain and simple um right so obviously right. like you said you're there's still I'm sure every day people are telling you it's going to harm your career but and you, you kind of touched on my other question. Have you ever been told to shut up if you want success? That you can't, that you have to stop talking about controversial things? She absolutely has. Every 
day, every day of my life. When I started, when I started TikTok, I didn't actually put any of my music on TikTok. I just got on there for political commentary. I got on TikTok and started posting about the reason I wrote "Bless Your Heart" because at the time I had just moved from LA. Oh, that song! In major cities, it was before the abortion law passed. So at the time, my friends in major cities are like, I mean, this shit isn't for real. Oh, sorry. This stuff isn't for real. I'll isn't bleep like, you out. You're fine. Are you really like, okay, thank you. Are you re- like, are they really talking about this, at this, you know, in 2022 or whenever that was? They're like, are you serious? So I ended up becoming friends with some of the local politicians and interviewing them so they could explain sort of like what was going on in the state of Tennessee in terms of some of the legislation. And that's where my TikTok started to move. But even when that was happening, I had people that do care for me. They're not trying to be nasty. They were like, you, no one in country is going to touch you with a 10-foot pole. You can't. I just got told the other day by people that I value very much that I cannot talk about voting while I'm on stage. Even though Morgan Wallen performed at Bill Lee's inauguration, which is our governor, and that's fine. But I can't say vote for people who you believe in on stage and it's a problem because I'm keeping myself from getting a deal. Yeah. And you're like, I'm not going to sell my soul. Stupid. I'm not, I, I don't, I don't care. I mean, no. And it, what's the point? The I could make the same amount of money doing anything else that most mm-hmm. of these people in country are making because country has a low ceiling anyway. Like we as a, as a culture seem archaic to other genres and a lot of people and so it's like, we're not the tastemakers of what's cool in the first place. We're always like five <laughs> to 10 years behind with branding, imagery, all of it. Half of these country songs have covers that look like they were made in Microsoft Paint. Like, <laughs> so it's like, you know exactly what I'm talking about, too. I'm like, I'm not going to let y'all, of all people, tell me how it's supposed to go because that's how it's always been. Well, women couldn't vote for the majority of this country's history. <laughs> And I'm not going to not vote because you told me that that's how it's always been. Like, I don't care how it's always been. This is how it's going to be now. Even if I have to loop-de-loop around country like Casey Musgraves did where country wouldn't accept her. So she went and got accepted by everybody else and then came back and said, you know, I'm country. Then fine, I'll do that. Or how about Maren Morris? No, you're not going to scare me out of this. Exactly. She's leaving, but I guarantee. (laughs) Go ahead. She didn't say anything inflammatory. You, like her quotes, I went and looked everything up because I was like, did she say something that I would say? Cause I'm, I don't, I give less of a fuck. You know, she has a family. She's got stuff to think about. I, I don't care. I don't know. It was kids. really, it was really so, just the Brittany Aldean stuff. Right. Exactly. And that's like it, the, for her to have to leave the genre that she loves and, and created a career in is, embarrassing like the rest of the world thinks it's embarrassing that we still operate that way as a genre and as a town and as a city and national like that's embarrassing that we behave like that and when I talk to people outside of country that's their take on it is like country's like a silly little joke and there's so many people in Nashville that are so incredibly talented and Ugh, so deserving and so worthy and they're getting crowded out by the people that don't they're just willing to play by the same boring set of rules yeah i can't tell you that's fine what i was gonna say that's fine but like 
I'm not, I'm not going to play by those rules and I'm not the only person in country who has this feeling. You know what I'm saying? There are other artists that are starting to push the boundaries because it's like, you guys, we got to catch up or we're going to get left behind. Yeah. We're like, we're already behind the curve. Like, let's let some people in the door. Let's do something. Let's show the rest of the world that we're not all ignorant, you know, bigoted people. We're warm, welcoming, Southern, intelligent people. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how many, how many, like, you know, little, little spots that I've went in Nashville and I'm listening to these people sing and I'm like, you have literally the voice of an angel. Like why? Mm-hmm. Like, but then mm-hmm. you, but then you see the same types of people getting the deals, doing the thing, going on tour. And I'm just, you know, sometimes I just shake my head. I'm just like, that. this can't be real. Like this, this so it even goes back to the awards. Who who cares? Like it's all so it's politics. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Not not necessarily political mm-hmm. politics, but it's basically might as well be the same thing, you know? Oh, it's crazy. This is a perfect yeah, Exactly, exactly. This is a perfect kind of lead in to I'm a very I want to know, you know, when I listen to a song, I listen to the lyrics. You know, I, I don't don't give me a kids bop. Like I I don't want to. You know, <laughs> I want to, I want a story. You know, I want to listen to something, and I want to walk away with knowledge. Right. So, right. the first song that I ever heard you play was the song "Bless Your Heart" that you mentioned a few minutes ago, and. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was just mouth was jaw was on the floor. Um, And so I'm going to read you guys the lyrics. I'm going to read you just like the part that really captivated me. And then I'm going to have Lou tell us a little bit of, you know, what made this come when she was writing. So the lyrics go, if you love freedom so much, why do you take it from us? Nobody deserves all that power. Your ideals are getting sour because it ain't our bodies, our choice. Just ask your little boys they push themselves on us at parties because you don't discipline them hardly. Literal chills coming from someone who <laughs> doesn't really like, you know, has some similarities to you politically, but like makes me question things. <laughs> and um, so it's like, but I think also I have that open mind. You know, I'm like, I want to sit, I want to, I want to hear it all. But anyway, let's get to the point. So this song, um, is such a real and authentic. I think anybody, as you can see on any side of the political aisle, makes them think. I would hope. If not, they might just be stupid. Um, what, like, so you said you wrote that when you, were you still in L- L.A. when you wrote that? No, I was, uh, I was here in, gosh, who did I make that with? I'm like, when did I write that song? Oh, was I in LA? I was here. I was going back and forth for a little bit. And I can't remember. I was here. No, no, no. I wasn't. I was in LA when I wrote that actually, but I wrote it with a guy, a couple of guys, one of which actually lives in Nashville. And then I finished it up with some people in Nashville. Um, but I lived in Nash at the time and I had come back to LA for a little bit. And when I moved to Nash, and then I went to L.A. and I was telling people what was going on. They're like, no, you're not serious. I'm like, girl, they're going to make it illegal. And everybody's like, no, they're not. That's no, they're not. So I was like, let me just write a song about how I'm feeling about the fact that we're still having this damn conversation. 
And so, guys, like like you heard her say, you know, she draws all this inspiration from real life. She's not, you know, don't, you know, and I'm sure I'm sure there's times where, you know, maybe she'll sing on a demo or something that isn't necessarily hers. But anything that you hear her sing is probably exactly how she feels. And she probably wrote it with a couple other very talented people. Um and so kind of, you know, in this in this music idea that we're that we're talking about, you actually just came out with an EP called Hellhound. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Hellbound and you corrected me this morning. <laughs> I'm not going to hell, girl. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, goodness. I was like, that's dark. Um so where no, 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 no. Where did the inspiration from this EP come? Because, you know, you have I went and listened to the songs last night and there's some about being heartbroken, then there's one about not being able to like save your soul. And then there's one about making you holy, and then there and then it gets into you know, trigger warning, um, sexual assault. And then kind of finishing off with your vi- your viral Bible Belt song. Like how do you how do you draw songs that are have all different meanings but bring them into one to like tell a story? Does that make sense? Yes. So what I what I probably like should be better at that I'm not too good at is I just write how I'm feeling that day. And in my head, like I have no intention on piecing it together, but because they're all authentic to what I'm going through, they end up telling a story on their own and I just have to put them in the right order. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, but I I didn't, my idea was never, I didn't even know if I was going to do a project. I was just writing because I I had a lot on my mind. And then I had them in uh, my friends that uh, Maniac Sounds and I were going through everything and they were like, let's reorder these. And we reordered them. And it was just like, you know, it just was a story on its own because I don't think I've ever really dived into my trauma at all. Like I don't talk to like outside of my trauma, like some of the sexual trauma that I've experienced. I don't ever really talk about my romantic trauma or any like also not like my familial trauma, like some of the things that have happened to me. I don't really touch on that too much in music. And so I feel like at being alone with myself during COVID, I really was like, girl, none of this matters. Just write the most painfully authentic thing you can. And if people like it, great. And if they don't like it, then you can keep working your job. And so it was just, this project was, the most honest I've ever been about how I feel about anything. And I could feel that you could feel the vulnerability, like just listening to your voice. And I'm, you know, I'm very familiar with music. So maybe some people who aren't familiar with the industry and stuff like that, they wouldn't necessarily read the lyrics and feel the emotions with it. But I mean, Mm -hmm. I, it almost, I I went upstairs because, you know, I'm staying with my mom while I'm in Illinois and I went upstairs and I was like, mom, you have to listen to this right now. You like, you have to listen. I want you to listen from top, from top to bottom. Um, And, but you know, I'm not just hyping you up, Lou. Like I, when I tell you, you have one of the most authentic voices that I've heard in a very, very long time. I listen to music literally for my job every single day, and it's the same thing. So I truly am saying this out of a place of, like, if it's up to me, like, you're you're going worldwide. <laughs> but um, so <laughs> the EP – so, so the EP, it's called Hellhound. What – 
What are you kind of what are you trying to get across with that? Well, I think it's a double entendre, as I always accidentally do when I write. <laughs> but I think that moving back to the South and not be not identifying as Christian, I think like especially when some of my more controversial songs and videos went viral on TikTok, a lot of quote unquote Christians, I won't assign this to all Christians, but people that identified as Christians were quick to tell me that I was going to hell. And I was like, but I'm not, I'm not doing anything to warrant what I've been taught is hell worthy. Mm -hmm. And so it just became this thing. It's kind of like the scarlet letter kind of thing where it's like, you know, if you're going to condemn me without knowing that, that every Sunday I'm out feeding the unhoused and I'm, you know, working with people who are living on the street. I'm doing all this stuff that I don't advertise that to me is what God is not. I'm not doing it because it's what God is. I just, it's what I have the privilege to be able to provide for our community and we should all be doing it. Like for y'all to say that I'm going to hell because I said that Bill Lee isn't the best guy or Marsha Blackburn is corrupt. Like it, it Dixie chicks. Like, well, then if that's what you're gonna, if that's what you're gonna do, then let's do it. We'll do it together. I'll drag you with me. Let's go down there. Yeah. No. It. it it's. I. It's a really. Yes, we live in such a crazy world right now. But also, like, it's probably. I talk about this all the time. It's probably one of the most beautiful things that. However many years ago when the Dixie Chicks got on stage during the war and you know criticized who was it? Uh, what's his face? Mm-hmm. You know who? Bush. Yeah, Bush criticized mm-hmm. him and said all they said was that we're not like we're not proud that we're from the same state as him. And next Correct. thing you know, Correct. they just destroyed them. And so the fact that artists are able to get up on stage like you do and say how they feel because that is what art is, and not be canceled. You know, like yes, you're going to get hate. You're going to mm-hmm. get hate no matter what you say. It's a hateful world. It's disgusting, but. To be able to have that voice and also make your art, it's, it's, yeah, it's really awesome. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I really am. I'm grateful that we live in a society where there are at least laws protecting my freedom of speech for now. Yeah. And also, I mean, when I, when we were at the listening room that night and you started saying that, I mean, the whole, the, there was probably people of every, you know, religion, every belief, and they all, everyone started to cheer. And I was like, America like this is this is what it is right here Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and so you know the EP on this EP you have a viral song so this viral song guys it is called Bible Belt and when it first came on my For You page it took me a minute because Lou writes in in a way where you like you can't just really listen necessarily and and really understand like you have to dig deep inside of yourself and really put your like your listening ears on and I think it means something different. All of her songs are going to mean something different to different people. Um and so when I first heard Bible Belt, it took me a little bit. I had to like re-listen to it. I'm like, "Okay, like what is what is she trying to get across? You know, because there's so many different ways I could interpret it, but I want to know, like, what's going on in her mind? Um, and so when I first listened to this song, it it made me, my first initial reaction was, okay, she's saying the church has, the church can be very toxic, as we know that it can be, and that, you know, 
as a woman in today's society, the church isn't going to protect you how it says it should. Like it really goes into, I think that the, um, the dirtiness and the corruption of these big religion organizations. And you even mentioned, you said when you were on stage that night, I think, or no, on in a, in a TikTok, you said when you you deliver your homeless, the food to the homeless and stuff, some of the rudest people you've met are the church people. And oh yes, girl. So is that you know where did that inspiration for the Bible Belt come from? And I guess kind of just give people we're going to play it after this, but what? How would you you know? I guess just kind of tell people about that song and where that came from. Sure. So I grew up Southern Baptist, and I never felt comfortable at church. It wasn't a safe space for me. It wasn't. Something always felt off. And as I got older, what I realized is that for a really long time in the history of this country as a whole and dating back to before this country existed, man has manipulated the word of God to control people. So my issue is not with your everyday Christian person. It's not with anybody's walk with faith. My issue and is and always has been the system and their abuse of people's faith. And the unfortunate reality that a lot of people become indoctrinated into a false understanding of what it means to be a person walking in faith, that is what the song is about. And unfortunately, it can be interpreted as me attacking Christianity, but it's not at all. It's it's more so the corruption that's taken place, because I know a lot of incredible, incredible Christian people, but... I feel like the more time that goes on, the more we take what is supposed to be a walk with God and faith and we turn it into like an infomercial Mm -hmm. where we're leaving everybody out. And it's just, it's like a high school. It's ugly. And all these politicians that talk about this is what God wants, none of them do anything (laughs) aligned with what a a walk with God would even look like. So it's like for us to be letting them influence how we believe our relationship with God or religion is to be doesn't make any sense. And that's the issue. I do have an issue with some people's interpretation of faith, because if your faith leads you to believe that you are better than anyone else, that someone else is not deserving of the same things you're deserving of, then you're automatically to me, you don't know God at all. No, that because that's that has in the Bible, in whatever Bible, none of them say, I mean, I haven't read all of them, but None of them say, they literally say to treat others with kindness and to be, give what you want. If you are a sinner, you have no, you have absolutely no authority to judge someone else. So, like, it makes you wonder, like, where did this toxicity, you know, it's like, it really, and I think it just goes back to our founding and stuff. But I don't know if you know, I worked in D.C. for probably about two years. Um, and so I saw wow. all the, it, it, did, it doesn't matter what side you're on. I mean, I was in the Capitol every day. Mm-hmm. I was working for the people, you know, and it truly, it really opened my eyes to so much. And um, uh, yeah, it's, I, I think that I, I did, I saw some TikToks people made that were like, like Saint, Satanist or something and like I think it definitely, (laughs) but but that's the other thing. The beauty of like that song is so many different people can relate to it, you know? So if you take it, take away, take away, 
take away the opinion of like, okay, it's this is exactly this is how it's supposed to be interpreted. But people that maybe don't feel relatable that we want to show love feel like they can relate to something. So it's pretty it's an amazing thing. And so you did kind of touch on you grew up Southern Baptist and stuff. And, you know, one of my one of my biggest faith mentors, you know, I'm on this journey of faith right now and really trying to understand it in the most modern way possible because it's it's can be so confusing. And, and one of my mentors, he he said to me, he was like, the churches can be evil. Benny, he was like, I he goes, he's like, he's a pastor at this little tiny church in Illinois. Like, I think they have like 10 people come on Sundays. And he was like, don't feel like you have to go to church. He's like, don't feel like you have to get up every Sunday and go to some massive church. And he's like, because everybody talks to God and feels God in different places. And so I don't like I I do not like to go to massive churches. I don't know when I was in um I got baptized at Nashville Life. Do you have you ever heard of that church? You know who maybe No, is that the Lifeway whatever that humongous one? No, no 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 no. This one is like I found it. I think it's in like East Nashville. And it's like literally it's Cute. it's tiny but um yeah, so I I think that kind of hearing your description of the song, I, I truly believe that um, I really relate to you on that. So, gosh, I just think it's amazing all the the courage that you have to release these songs and to not care what people think. And so to kind of finish this up, you did just release your project and everything, but should we maybe expect an album soon-ish? 2024, <laughs> maybe? <laughs> Yeah, there is some definite, there's 
definitely some stuff happening. I'm keeping everything close to my chest for now. Um, but yeah, um, I am slowly but surely making my way into this very system that everybody told me I couldn't get into. We're getting in there little by little. I mean, yes. Every step is painstaking, but we're, <laughs> we're slowly getting in the door. Gosh, so. the other thing about yes, you, real, stuff coming. real quick, guys, before um, before we finish this up, but one thing I also, Lou is a freaking hustler. Like, that's the other thing about her. She, like, cleans in order to, like, she she's very clear, like, I get paid crap. Like they're like, I'm not making music for money. You know, she's like, I literally clean the studio that I record the songs in so that I can release the songs to you. You know, so um, I just think there's so much that this generation in this world could learn from you. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to chat with me. And I truly am truly am a fan. I don't like to use that word, but I think um, after the people listening listen to your music I think they'll they'll truly understand where I'm coming from and maybe maybe next time we'll be talking some of that music will be on the radio if you know what I mean girl (laughs) I mean they don't let women on country music radio but if they start then we'll go from there but yeah I really appreciate you so much and I love to connect I love to connect with you at the event and I'm loving connecting with you now because my whole thing is that I want people that are from a different walk of life to understand that like we can all be on the same page and you and I obviously differ in things, but at the end of the day, we're humans. And if you were in trouble, I'd help you. And if I were in trouble, you'd help me. And I think if we can all do that, then we're as close to God as we possibly can be. Oh, we need to make that a quote. I tell people that all the time. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, listen, we are, it all comes down to one thing. We breathe the exact same. We are all living beings on this earth. So why are we so, you know, why are we tearing each other apart? So yeah, truly, truly fantastic. And then to finish this off, you have a lot of wisdom. You've been through, you know, some things. And also the other thing is we'll definitely be connecting a lot more after this. And I'm going to be, you know, starting to put some of your music in the, um, in my log. Shh, don't tell anyone. But you'll be on you'll be on radio anybody <laughs> in Illinois. But um, so I just like to finish like my interviews with one question. And so if you could give advice to young people, specifically women out there, you know, trying to chase their dream, but not really sure where to start. Like, what would you tell them? What would you tell you? You as a little girl. Um, what I would tell me as a little girl is what I honestly still have to tell myself, because sometimes things can upset me and hurt me. And I feel like a little girl again. And that is that we are born with our purpose very, very clear. We just have to sit down and be quiet and listen. And once you get clear on it, it does not matter what anyone else thinks your path is supposed to be. They are not you and they are not God. So you stick with what you would do if nobody was looking. And if you can do that and tune out the rest, you're going to get exactly where you're supposed to be. Oh, you are just, you need what? You need a talk show or something, girl. <laughs> Hopefully your stage. I figure out technology, <laughs> I have a podcast, but. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I'm also, I'm going to put this on my podcast as well, because I think everyone will really, there's just so many people that reached out after I posted that, especially a lot of my national people. They're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you're talking to her. Like, I'm so glad you're having her on. So, 
Well, thank oh, you. That's really sweet. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thank you so much for coming on. Like, truly so grateful. And I'm going to push this out. I want everyone to hear this. I think that there's so much people could learn just from this, you know, 40-minute interview. So I am in your corner, girl, and I am I'm cheering you on wherever you go, whatever you do. So never forget that. And, um, yeah, keep keep. What did I what did I put on the on the post? I said, oh, keep taking country music by storm. Just keep showing them <laughs> what a strong woman is. And I'm going to be right there. So I really appreciate you. you and um, I will talk to you soon. OK, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so humbled by your support. And if you need anything while you're in Nashville, you know who to call. Oh, when I, I I'm about to text you. So we're going to get <laughs> we're going okay, yeah. to get I'll connected. <laughs> But I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. Of course. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.